the beginning, laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the works of your hands. He says, they will perish. Now, I'm reading verse 11 now. Hebrews chapter 1, 11. They will perish, but you remain. He says, they will all grow old like a garment, like a choke. You will fold them up. He says, and they will be changed, but you are the same, and your years will never fail. Can you say amen? Jesus Christ will be the same yesterday, today, and forever. The Bible tells us. The Bible says that every other thing you see in this world will perish. He says, but he will remain. Can you say amen? Jesus is forever, is forever, is forever lasting. It's part. Jesus Christ is eternity himself. He has no beginning and he has no end. That's the true meaning of eternity. Hallelujah. Verse 13. It says, but to which of the angels has he ever said, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool? Guess what, brothers and sisters? Jesus Christ has all the enemies under his feet. Can you say amen? And guess what? The Bible says that now we are seated together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Telling you that you are already functioning in the stead of Jesus. That means whatsoever is under his feet is also under your feet. Can you say amen somebody? And listen, tell, tell yourself, say the devil is under my feet. How many of you bother about what's under your feet? Every day you check what's under my feet. Did you do that before? So why are you bothered about the activities of the devil? He's under my feet. And you keep him there. Let him not come out of the feet. Let him remain in that place. Can you say amen? He says, your enemies, a footstool for my feet. Glory to God. Telling you that you are a bull. Can you see that? See, I'm a bull. See, I'm a bull. See, I'm above all principalities and powers. Let's write and say it. See, I'm above all principalities and powers. doesn't matter what power it is. As long as the Lord of God is under your feet. Can you say amen? And the Bible has given you the name of Jesus that is greater than any other name in planet earth. To change any circumstance, to rearrange things in the realm of the spirit. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Now look at something very powerful. It says, are they not ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation? Listen, we are the inheritors of salvation. Say, I have salvation. If you are born again, you have salvation. And guess what? Bible says that the angels are ministering spirits sent to serve you. That means angels are your servants. Are you following that? Jesus Christ is better than angels and he is greater than angels. There's no angel that is superior to Jesus. That's what I'm showing you the Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 1 is showing you that Jesus Christ is greater and better than angels. It doesn't matter which angel you have seen before. Has come to your room. As you have seen. Listen, as big as an angel can be. You know one angel alone can take down a whole city. God sent how many angels to Sodom and Gomorrah? Just one. Just one angel. He took down the whole city. With that great power. That was why when Jesus was on the cross, if he wanted to come out of the cross... There were more than 10,000 ready to bring him out. But he said, no. He said, I have a cause that I must fulfill. I must die for the sins of the whole world. Glory to God. So it's that powerful. But guess what? Angels are your servants. And this is, the, this is the amazing part. Angels will only listen to the word of God. They only listen to the voice of God. So when you speak God's word, because it's the word of God, they will respond to that authority. That's why as a child of God, you must also learn to activate angelic ministry. Very powerful. 
So for instance, for instance, hmm? it's not every time you say, Father God, you did me. Father God, do this for me. Oh, Father God, no. It's not every time. Sometimes you can talk to an angel to get it done for you. For instance, hello, I listen to me. I want to say something now. For instance, let's say you require some financial, supernatural assistance. Listen, you can activate the ministry of angels to go forth and cause the money to come to you. As long as it's consistent with the will and the purpose of God and plan of God, they have to go and do the operation. Can you say amen, somebody? How can you explain how somebody will enter his house and all of a sudden, he just saw money inside his account and he does not know whom, it was not a mistake. Eh? How? How can you explain it? That's the activity of angels. In fact, the Bible says that sometimes an angel can even come to you thinking it's like a fellow human being like you. The Bible says sometimes, it says be careful because you may interact with angels you never know. An angel can come to you like a human being, human form, and he's the one that's supposed to help you to do something. If you miss that opportunity, you have lost it. Think about it. When God appeared to Abraham, how did Abraham look? How did God look like? Just like him. The Bible says God came with two angels. And guess what? Abraham was spiritually smart. He knew that these ones are from heaven. The Bible says he invited them to his house. And guess what? God ate food. Can you say amen, somebody? Bible, God ate meat in his house, ate his food. And then God said to Abraham, he says, by this time next year, he said, your wife will deliver. <laughs> the wife was there laughing, laughing. And again, God called her and said, why are you laughing? She said, no, I didn't laugh. Oh, I didn't laugh. God didn't say anything about the matter anymore. One year after, the result was there. Can you say amen? Imagine if he had missed that opportunity. All his praying and praying, oh God, oh God, oh God, will have lost it. Are you seeing that? So you've got to recognize angelic activity. You can, you, you can send angels on errands to do many things for you in the spirit. You can do it. Because the Bible says that, and not all, not some, and not all angels ministering spirits. Sometimes an angel can also give you strength spiritually. Bible says about Jesus, how Jesus was praying. Bible says that angels came to minister to him strength. That's what they do. So they are, they, are, they are messengers of God. Hallelujah. Sometimes if God wants to send a message, you send an angel. You can send an angel. I mean, there are some that we have their names, like angel Michael, angel Gabriel. Gabriel went to meet Mary and told her the message of God. Are you seeing that? In the same way too, the angel that God sent, God has also put them under your authority as well. In the name of Jesus. Can you say amen? So as I say, Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, I activate ministry spirit right now. To go forth and protect that home. Because God is not going to be the one protecting the home for you. It's angels that will do that. That's your job. Hallelujah. So learn how to activate the ministry of angels. You can talk to angels to handle your car. You can talk to angels to handle your business. You can even talk to angels to bring the customers to you. And they will come. You know, don't limit the gift of the spirit to just inside church. It's for using it outside. Hallelujah. I told you, the gift of the word of knowledge is not only knowing the fact about people's life inside church. No. You can use it to decode your office. You can use it to, to amplify your business. Can you say amen, somebody? You can do that. Hallelujah. All right. Now let's move to verse 5. Let's go. Okay, no. We're in chapter 2 now. Chapter 2. Let's go. Chapter 2. Okay. Now listen very carefully. We must pay the most careful attention, therefore, 
to what we have heard so that we do not drift away. You know, sometimes if you are not careful, if you are not careful the word of God, you will drift away. When you are hearing the word, take close attention to the word of God. When God is telling you something, take close attention to it. He says, so that you don't drift away from the word. If God is saying, go this way, pay close attention so that you don't go this way and miss your way. Hallelujah. Next verse. It says, for since the message spoken through angels was binding and every violation and disobedience received is just punishment. Next. How shall we escape if we ignore so great a salvation? This salvation, which was first announced by the Lord, was confirmed to us by those who heard him. Next. God also testified to it by signs, wonders, and various miracles. And by the gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. Can you say amen? God is telling you something this morning that don't ignore salvation. Because if God could send an angel to warn the people in Sodom and Gomorrah about the things they were doing, and they refused to change, and the angel ensured that the punishment was fulfilled, he said, how much more if you ignore salvation? How much more? And listen, God has shown that he is real. How did he do it? The Bible says he showed signs, wonders, and miracles. The reason for signs, wonders, and miracles is, for you to, is to get your attention. That's the real purpose. Why did God appear to Moses in a burning bush? To get his attention. Because if Moses had not seen a bush burning, and he's seen leaves, fire is on it, nothing, no smoke, something is happening somewhere. Bible says that Moses had to get close and say, what is really going on here? And Bible says he noticed, he saw something. And Bible says the word of God came and said, hey, take off your shoes for where you stand this holy ground. Hallelujah. And Bible says Moses took off his shoes. Just imagine a tree talking to you, a tree talking to you. But it was God that had to use the tree to get his attention. Hallelujah. Somebody say, Father, in the name of Jesus, if you are truly God, if you are truly God, appear to me in a burning bush, oh Lord. Appear to me in a burning bush, oh Lord. I want to see a bush burning. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> Listen. If God knows what will get your attention, can you say amen to that? He knows. If it's burning bush that will get your attention, it's burning bush you will see. Joshua did not need a burning bush. Hello? Abraham didn't need burning bush. Moses didn't need burning bush. Have you seen that? So that God knows how to talk to every one of us. God is a master communicator. Hallelujah. God can say something to you in English language. This other person will hear it and be hearing noise. That's how powerful God is. For instance, when Jesus Christ appeared to, to, to Saul on his way to Damascus to go and kill Christians, the Bible says that a voice came from heaven. In fact, the first thing was light. Light came forth. The Bible says that Saul became blind. In fact, all his guys that followed him, all of them scattered. They fell down by the power of God. And the Bible said that Jesus said, and, 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 and Saul said, who are you? Jesus said, I am the one whom you persecute. He said, I'm Jesus whom you are persecuting. And Jesus said, go to this place. I'll meet you there. Guess what? When they, his servants heard the same voice, they heard the same sound. But do you know what they heard? They heard nothing. And the Bible says that God spoke from heaven. But they heard the sound. But he heard a different sound. Can you say amen? As we are in this church right now, the Holy Spirit can talk to you and you and you at the same time, telling you different things. 
even as I'm speaking the word of God to you this morning. Hallelujah. That's why you must be sensitive to the voice of the Spirit. Hallelujah. The Bible says that and by the gift of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives gift unto men. Praise God. Praise God. How many of you want the gift of the Spirit? How many of you want the gift? Listen, the gift of the Spirit is not night gift. Maybe one day I'll do a series on the gift of the Spirit. The gift of the Spirit is not night gift. You know? Because when we say the night gift of the Holy Ghost, no. There are more than nine gifts. In fact, there are more than 21 gifts of the Spirit in, in the Bible. I'll show you from Scripture. So, it's not just the, ref, um, the, the manifestation gift alone in the Word of God. There are other gifts of the Spirit. For instance, there's the gift of the Spirit called leadership. Are you seeing that? You can have a pastor that's not a leader. And you can have a leader that's not a pastor. There's some that, that God gave them the gift of the Holy Ghost for leadership. There are some, and it's in the Bible. The Bible talks about the gift of leadership. Bible talks about the gift of help. There are people, there are some people, and they have the gift of the Spirit to help others. In fact, you'll be wondering, why is this person helping like this? Helping like this is the gift of the Holy Ghost. Some people, they have the gift of the Spirit for administration. They know how to organize things, administer things. It's also the gift of the Spirit. I have to stop here. I know I'm entering all these other gifts. Next one. Verse 5. Let's move on. It says, is it not to angels that he has subjected the world to about which we are speaking? Next. But there's a place where someone has testified. Now, I'll follow this very carefully. I can say something about this now. It says, what is mankind? Remember, in the book of Psalm chapter 8, um, the writer of Hebrews now is quoting Psalm chapter 8 now. Now, listen to the quote. It says, what is mankind that you are mindful of them, a son of man that you care for him? Next. He says, you have made him a little lower than the angels. Now, Mark, hold on a moment. If you go to Psalm 8, listen very carefully. If you go to Psalm 8 and read the same, you see the same writing there. But here's one thing I want to shock you about. Because here, he's saying that he has made man a little lower than angels, which is wrong. Because I just told you that angels are your servants. Hello, are you there? Now, in the hierarchy of God, let me explain this way. In the hierarchy of God, in spiritual things, it is God, it is man, then angels. That's the hierarchy of God. So how come is he saying that he has made them a little lower than the angels? The problem is translation error. Because when you read the book of Psalms, from the Hebrew, the word angel is actually Elohim. And who is Elohim? Talk to me, who is Elohim? Talk to me now, who is Elohim? I'm not here. I would say, hello, him, hello, him. Be singing. Uh, what was that song? Hello, him. Is it Adonai? Is it right? You just say, hello, him. So, God is Jehovah, hello, him. That was the names of God, Jehovah, hello, him. So, the word angel in the book of Psalm 8 is actually the same word, hello, him. So, when he's saying that he has made man little lower than hello, him, he's talking about he has made man little lower than God. Are you seeing that? So, the word is supposed to be God, not angel. Paul, let's move on. It says, you crown them with glory and honor. Say, I'm crowned with glory and honor. Say, everywhere I go, I display the glory of God. He said, I'm put everything under their feet. I told you, Jesus Christ has everything under his feet. We also have everything under our feet. Can you say amen? He said, in putting everything under them, God left nothing that is not subject to them. Hayabaragadeh. He says, yet at this present time, we do not see everything subject to them. Next verse. Verse 9. He says, but we do see Jesus, who was made lower than Elohim for a little while. 
now crowned with glory and honor because he suffered death so that by the grace of God he might taste death for every one of us in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's talking about spiritual death. He says in bringing many sons and daughters to glory it was fitting that God of whom and through whom everything exists should make the pioneers of their salvation perfect through what he suffered. Next. It says, both the one who makes people holy and those who are made holy are of the same family. Can you say amen? He says, so Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers and sisters. Say, Jesus is my brother. If you are, it's, it's not, Jesus is my sister too. Say it. Hallelujah. I think Jesus is a male, right? That's your problem. He says, Jesus Christ is not ashamed to call you brother. He's not ashamed to call you sister. You are his sister. You are his brother. That's what the Bible says. The Bible says that he's the one who makes people holy. He said, and those who are made holy are of the same family. Woo! Glory to God. He says, so Jesus is not ashamed. He's not put the ashamed to call somebody, that's my brother. They're ashamed because of the behavior. That, but no matter your behavior, no matter your pedigree, no matter who you are, no matter where you came from, Jesus is not ashamed to call you brother. Can you say amen? There are certain things you do to people because they are your brother or they are your sister. Are you seeing that? He's not ashamed. Next. Now let me tell you another beautiful one again. He says, he says, I will declare your name to my brothers and sisters. In the assembly, I will sing your praises. Woo! Next. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, he says, here I am. And the children God has given me. Next. He says, since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity so that by his death he might break the power of him who holds the power of death. That is the devil. Next. And free those who are, who all their lives were held in slavery by the fear of death. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ has freed us from the fear of death. Can you say amen? Never fear death. Never fear death. Never fear death. Because he has freed you from the fear of death. Bible says the fear of death has haunted men and women throughout the years. He says, but Jesus Christ has taken the power from the enemy one. And guess what? We are his children. We are also his brother. Can you say amen? Next verse. He says, for surely, is it not angels he helps? He says, oh, listen, listen. He says, for surely, it is not angels he helps. God does not help angels. He says, but Abraham's seed. Say, I'm the seed of Abraham. He said, for this reason, he had to be made like them, fully human in every way, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God, and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. Jesus Christ had to be made fully human. Jesus is 100% God, 100% human. Because he had to go through what humans go through. He had to go through the pain. He had to go through the disappointment. So that when he's helping human beings, he knows how to help them. He says, because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter what you go through in your life. Jesus knows exactly how you feel. He knows exactly what you're going through because he has gone through it before. Hallelujah. That's why the Bible says he's a fit high priest. So you're not talking about you're not talking to, to, to a God who doesn't know your feelings, who doesn't know your emotions. He knows everything because he was exactly like you. Hallelujah. Next verse, 19. Oh, are we done? Okay. 
Hallelujah. Woo, glory to God. He says, therefore, tell somebody, therefore. Don't your neighbor and say, holy brother, holy sister. <laughs> In fact, you know, the Bible calls them, uh, King James says, holy brethren. You know, some, sometimes, I hear some people say, go and tell that brethren, that brethren in church, that are going to deal with him. They are talking to you about the brother, but they say brethren. Brethren is plural for brother and sister. Do you understand? Don't say brethren. Brethren is not singular. It's plural. Now, the Bible calls us holy. Hello? God is talking to you, and he says, holy brother. Remember, I showed you that Jesus said that you are his brother, right? You are his sister. He says, holy sister. Holy brother. And you look at yourself, me. Me. Holy brother. Yes, you are holy. Can you say amen? How do, how, how do I know you are holy? Very simple. Very, very, very simple. When God appeared to Moses in the, in the wilderness, and the tree was burning with fire, and God told Moses, he says, take off your shoes, for where you stand is holy ground. When the Holy Spirit appeared to Joshua, and Joshua saw a man with his sword drawn. And Joshua said, who are you? He said, I am the chief of the Lord's army. He says, take off your shoes. For where you stand is holy ground. Question, what did the ground do to become holy? What did the ground do? The ground was not holy before. Because Moses was matching that ground before. Nothing happened. Are you following? But this special time, the ground is now holy. Why? Because of the person of the Holy Spirit. Because of the presence of the Holy Spirit. Can you say amen? The moment the Holy Spirit touches anything, whether it's this phone, whether it's this speaker, it becomes holy. And it stays that way. Hallelujah. Why do we call the house of God a holy place? Because the presence of the Lord stays in that place. The reason I'm holy is because the Holy Ghost lives in me. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Thank you very much. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. The heat in your life is increasing by the day. Glory to God. In fact, I went to one place. One, the place that I know that if all these are not working, this time should work. I entered the tree, place was hot. I said, Lord Jesus. That's how it is every year. Glory to God. I said, glory to God. How many of you like the heat? <laughs> you don't like the heat. Hallelujah. See, I'm holy. It's right and I say, I'm holy. Say it, mean it, mean what you're saying. Say, I'm holy. Say, I'm holy. Say, I'm a holy brother, I'm a holy sister. Now, look at it. He says, say, I share, say, I share in the heavenly vision. Say, I share in the heavenly calling. That means you're a member of heaven. Say, I'm a member of heaven. When you understand this, you realize that Christianity is not so that we'll make heaven. Hello? Hello? Some of you say, ah, my dream as a Christian is to make heaven. Hi! Terrible dream. Because the Bible says that you share in the heavenly calling. That means you're a member. In fact, we saw that Bible said that they said the one who makes others holy and the one who is holy are of the same family. So if Jesus is in heaven and I'm of the same family, then we have the same house. Do you understand? Your brother's house, your, your family house where all your brothers and sisters exist, even if you went to London, it's still your family house. Is that okay? And nothing you do can make you come out of the family house. Even they say, I disown you. It's just mouth. Because they can't disown your DNA. Do you understand? You see your family house. In the same way, when you are a child of God, you are born into the family of God. You are born into God's household. And you are a member of his family. Can you say amen? 
And that means you are also a member in heaven. That's why you see the word born again is actually not again. When you see it from the Greek, it actually means born from above. That's what it means. Say, I'm born from above. That means I came from above. I'm, and Jesus said that I am born from above. He says, you are born from beneath. <laughs> Glory to God. That's what he told the Pharisees. He said, but me, I came from heaven. That's what it means. So when you're born again, you are born from above. That means you are a citizen of heaven. Say, I'm a citizen of heaven. So why are you here? I told you before, I said that if God knew that when you get born again, you are going to somehow sin and fall away or backslide or go in a bad direction. If I am God that loves you very, very much and I don't want you to go to hell, you know what I'll do? The moment you say, Father, I received Jesus into my life today, I say, die now. Die now. Now, now, just die and come home. Yes, that's what I'm going to do. So that you not make any mistake or falter or miss your way and go back. No, I will not allow it. <laughs> because I know what it took to even get you to that point. Are you seeing that? So it tells you something. So if we still remain in this place, then it means that we are on assignment. The Bible says that we are ambassadors of Christ. Are you seeing that? So it means that we have a job to do. We are sent here on a mission. Bible says we should live as pilgrims in this world. Are you seeing that? So we have a job to do. So you've got to know what is my calling in Christ, what is my job to do in Christ and fulfill it. I told you before, Jesus, when Jesus came to the earth, he did not come as an engineer. He didn't come as a medical doctor. There was medicine in his time. He didn't come as um, a lawyer. They were, Paul was a lawyer. So there was law during his time. He came as a preacher. So God's greatest dream is for every one of us is to be preachers. And you don't need to be a pastor to be a preacher. Pastor says he has given to every one of us the ministry of reconciliation. And he has given to us also the word of reconciliation. Our job is to bring men back to God. Can you say amen? It doesn't matter what you are doing. It doesn't matter what business you are doing. If you are not focused on that, you have missed your direction. You have missed your core purpose in Christianity. Whether you do it with your service, whether you do it with your finances, it doesn't matter. The most important thing is that you must get involved in bringing men to God. Hallelujah. Pastor, there is rejoice in heaven over one soul that turns himself to God. One soul. So our job is to bring men into the kingdom of God. That's our job. And that's why God kept you in this place. Are you seeing that? So if you want your life to have some kind of meaning, reach other people, help other people, help others to grow spiritually and bring men to God. Can you say amen somebody? Say, Jesus is not ashamed to call me a brother. And it doesn't matter what you have done in the past. You see, let me tell you something about Paul. How many of you know that Paul is, a, in fact, I don't think that you can sin like Paul. Because Paul was there when they killed Stephen. And he, they even brought the clothes. He put, they put it under his feet. He was marching it. He inspected that he died. Paul, this same Paul. Then he was called Saul. And that's that he was on his way to go and kill many. That's he was going house to house. Just imagine what comes to your house. Are you a Christian? Come out. Come out. All your family household. That's what he was. That was his job. He goes house to house, killing Christians, putting some of them in prison. But guess what? When the man became born again, he understood the gift of righteousness. When he became born again, you know what he said? He said, I've hurt no man. I've wronged no man. I've deferred no man. That's what he said. It's in your Bible. He said, I've deferred no man. He said, I've killed no man. I've done no wrong to any man. Why? Because now he knows that the man before you knew is dead. The man now is a new man. So for instance, somebody was a prostitute before. Now you are born again. Then you are doing your face like this. Ah, because as a, you're my former customer. Hey, say the person. 
That one you knew is dead. This is a new person in Christ. But he that, he says, any man being Christ, he says, a new creature. He says, all things are passed away. He says, behold, all things have become new. So I'm a new man in Christ. What you knew before is not who I am now. Because now I'm a new creature. So somebody said, this person, you know the person that robbed the bank? That's not me. That person is gone. This is a new man. And it's the truth. That's what Paul said. Paul said, I've defrauded no man. If Paul can say, what about you? So when you are there saying, ah, I don't need to see man, I'm ashamed. Man, you don't understand the gospel. That's your faithless clothes. Glory to God. I hope you something this morning. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh. And you are the covenant keeping God. And you are the covenant keeping God. Yeah, we're